Well, howdy, everybody. Hello, 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 hello. Let's see when this, there we are. We are live. Hello, welcome. Glad you're all here. I'm Dan, your friendly fishmonger, and we do this every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Mountain Time, which is basically get together and geek out about fish. I've got some cool stuff to talk to you about today. And then uh, once I'm done telling you what's going on here at dansfish.com, then uh, I'll get to your questions and comments. And if you have questions about fish, fish breeding, keeping, um, building fish rooms, selling fish online, shipping fish, importing fish, all, all that kind of stuff, I've kind of got a fairly solid background as a hobbyist and as someone in the industry for a lot of years. So I can answer a wide breadth of questions and comments and geek out on lots of different stuff. Um, but I want to start today by, first of all, we got to say hi to uh, JH Aquatics, who was first like a long time ago <laughs> in real came in second too. And I think I checked like two hours before the chat, the stream started. And that's when that had already happened. So welcome. <laughs> Way to get in early, folks. Lumpy Dog is modern for us today. Hey, Jeff, thanks for being here. Thanks for doing that. Um, the first thing I want to talk about today is this bad boy. Check it out. So got a new microphone. Um, let me know how it sounds. I did some testing on it. Uh, it came, I got it last night, set it up this morning, did a bunch of testing. And it was, from what I was hearing, it was making my voice sound like super low, super like like a smooth jazz channel DJ low, like that rumble your spine, James Earl Jones kind of low, which I don't think is my actual voice. Played with it a lot. I think I got it to the point where it's uh, hopefully sounding like me instead of like I've been possessed by James Earl Jones, which I guess wouldn't be the worst thing in the world for <laughs> a radio voice. Um, so hopefully it sounds good and not fake. I I was messing with the settings to try to make it so that I wouldn't sound fake. And I eventually just resorted back to default pretty much because everything I tried to do to fix it just made it kind of sound worse. So hopefully it's coming through well. And I'm excited about this thing. This is a Samsung G-Track Pro. There you go. Um, not a cheap mic, but not not overly expensive either. I think it was under under 200 bucks. And um, this little one, this has served me well, but it was time. It was time. I mean, you could hear me on it, but hopefully the quality on this one's a lot better. I don't know because that might depend on connections and streaming speeds and all kinds of stuff. Uh, but hopefully it is. Hopefully it was worth the investment. That that was the goal, to make this uh, kind of up the game a little bit, to level up the live stream, if you will. And hopefully when I do the voiceovers for the videos, um, that will this will improve that as well. Um, yeah. So so that's item number one. Item number two is finally got some of these. These are the Phase Twenty Two. Uh, packs, cryo packs is what they're called. What this does is if this gets below 22 degrees Celsius, so low 70s, it starts to turn into a solid. And 
basically when something turns into a solid, it uh, moves from a liquid to a solid, it's going down a phase, so it's going to release heat. So it's, it's a heat pack, basically. But if you put this in the fridge, it turns into this. This is nice and clear. Turn it, put it in the fridge, and it turns into this kind of solid, kind of gooey solid. You put this in your box, and as this ch changes from uh, a solid to a liquid, that, if you remember back to, like, high school chemistry, that takes energy, so this heat pack isn't super cold itself, but as it changes phase, it will suck energy in the form of heat out of the box and cool the box um, and hopefully keep everything more or less in the low 70s because that's the temperature at which it changes phase. So I'm going to try this for kind of the shipping and, and all of the heat that's going on. I only ordered 20 of them. They're pretty darn expensive, but I ordered 20 just to try them. Um, if they do well and people get good results from them on the receiving end, then I'll go ahead and bite the bullet and order a, you know, a ton. But I didn't want to do that if they turn out to not be a good product. I think they're going to be good. And it was pretty cool to see this turn into a solid in the fridge. I didn't put this in the freezer. I just put it in the fridge. Um, but since it's, you know, whatever chemical it's made up of changes phase in the mid 70s, the fridge was cool enough to make it change phase, which was cool to see. Um, and then a couple other neat things happened. This is the first one. Someone emailed me this, and I won't say their name because I don't know how public they, they want. Not everyone wants to be made public, but there is, <laughs> there is a Magic the Gathering fishmonger card. I had no idea, and I don't play Magic the Gathering. I, I assume that's what MTG means here, um, but someone made it. The fishmonger. I thought that was super cool, and they sent that to me. So I appreciate that very much. That made my day. That made my day. Who knew? Who knew that there was a fishmonger <laughs> Magic the Gathering card? <laughs> I have the magic power. And then the other thing that was really cool is a customer sent me this. I love it when you guys do this, by the way. It makes my day. So a customer sent me this. This is a female samurai gourami. I sent this customer these, oh, several weeks ago. And look how colored up and beautiful she is. And then here's a female with her male. I sent six. It turned out they got lucky. They ended up with three pairs. And they said that the males are holding eggs. So that's pretty awesome. But that made me feel pretty good. Um, samurai garamis are just a treat. Like I, I try to get them every week because they're amazing. <laughs> And I, you know, when I can, I get them. So I was, I was thrilled that this person was able to get them. They've had them for several weeks. They're still doing good. They have a reputation as being a very difficult species to keep, but that hasn't been my experience. And it hasn't been, as far as I know, any of my customers' experiences either. Um, again, I'm, this is, I know I've beat this horse to death, so to speak. I'm living in Wyoming, so you have to put up with that saying, but um, you know, a lot of these fish that have a reputation for being really difficult aren't. They just aren't treated properly when they're first imported. But if, if they're treated properly and allowed to recover from that ordeal and not sold prematurely, they do great. 
a lot of these rare gouramis and wild type bettas and things. So that was thrilling for me to see. And then something else cool happened on Get Gills. Um, not only is the new update going well, it seems to be working for people. So I'm thrilled about that. And Jonathan right now is doing some other updates. Um, he's already fixed some things behind the scenes that that you're probably not aware of, but people were having trouble loading certain kinds of files that were named certain ways. He fixed that. Um, and one thing we're working on is the ability for a buyer to leave a note for the seller on the order. So that's that's something that hopefully is going to happen really soon. There's there's lots of things he's working on to improve the site. So the last big update's going well, and it's constantly improving. A lot of it, a lot of it isn't stuff that's noticeable. It's just things that are fixing random problems that we encounter as, as people use the site. And luckily, there's very few. Jonathan does a great job of anticipating a lot of those, but you can't anticipate every one of them. But anyway, this happened on Get Gills, which is pretty cool. So if you go to down to the books section, we've got some cool books here. Um, and these are awesome. So Joe's got his book here from Aqua Research Center, but the Aquatic Bookshop has jumped on board and listed a few books. And that to me is amazing because I'm good friends with the owner of the Aquatic Bookshop. Uh, he's helped me out uh, for decades in this hobby since I was a kid. Uh, Jim Forche is the name of the owner of this. And check this out. So this one, I really like fishes of Lake Erie catchment of Central Australia. If you're into rainbows and gudgeons and all those neat Australian fishes, then this is a book to check out. It's got a great description here. So you know what you're getting. It's on sale. It's usually 20 bucks. He listed it for 10, which is pretty awesome. So some cool books are starting to make it onto Get Gills. We have a lot of fish, we have a lot of food, we have a lot of um, several dry goods and things, but um, we haven't had a lot of literature up until now. So Jim, welcome aboard, glad you're here. And I'm really excited to have you on the, uh, on the platform. So that all happened. And then one more kind of cool thing happened that I wanna show you all which is a customer sent me this video and it's very short, so I might play it twice, but this is of some uh, Pseudomugil signifer that I sent her, oh, several weeks ago. That's the Pacific Blue Eye is often the common name. Um, and check this out. So check these out. They've colored up. I mean, that's it. It's a super short video. One more time. Look how colored up and awesome these are when they display. Anyway, I know it's short, but I thought that that was pretty cool. So thanks for sending that to me, everybody. Uh, I really appreciate the customer feedback. I appreciate constructive criticism too. If anyone has a problem, please reach out and let me know. That's how I know if I'm being successful uh, or if I need to change some processes or, or do things differently. But so far it's going pretty well. So that's the report. Um, yeah, just, I don't know. I love the interaction with the customers. So thanks everybody for reaching out. Apart from that, the last thing I'm going to talk about, uh, this is kind of more of a serious thing uh, before we get to, 
to chatting and me answering your questions and comments is one of my main suppliers went out of business. They're done. Uh, this happened fairly recently. I got the official notice yesterday that they're shutting down. Um, I don't want to say the name of the supplier because I don't want to, uh, you know, th- right now they're trying to liquidate. Um, maybe they're going to be able to sell the company, uh, something like that. So I don't want to put their name out there and, and give them any trouble or anything. So I'm not going to mention their name, but major supplier. I've been using them for more than 10 years. Um, they're a massive wholesaler. They also do transship. And they've supplied hundreds and hundreds of stores. Um, they have been in business for more than 30 years. So this isn't a fly-by-night operation. And, and I used to go to their place frequently. And I know the people. And I know the facility and things. So it was a really sad day for me to see that. And I've, I've, I have more suppliers. Like I've, I've got another supplier that can basically get me fish from the same farms and collectors and things. So we're okay, but it was, it was a really sad day. And for those that have been following the channel for a while, you know that for the last two, three weeks, um, I haven't been getting the fish I've been ordering and behind the scenes, what's been going on. And and I just haven't wanted to talk about publicly, but now that the, it's kind of official that this is happening is basically there's a couple things that, make it kind of a crapshoot when you're ordering fish. Um, One is the suppliers say this is what we have access to, but it doesn't mean that they have it in their tanks. So it means, hey, we know people that grow this fish and we know people that collect this fish. And um, so we're going to put it on our list. So you place the order for those items. And if the farm that grows that fish actually has them and they're ready to go and they haven't been bought out by Germany and Europe and Japan, who pay a lot more for fish than America does. Uh, so they're going to you know, have first choice in a lot of these instances. Um, then they will get the fish and send it to us. Right. So that's the first kind of unknown is just because it's on the list. Because they can get access to it doesn't mean that they actually have access to it in that moment. So that's always somewhat a guessing game that no one has direct control over because a lot of the countries where we're doing business to get a lot of these fish, they don't have like up-to-date inventory tracking. Like they don't have a direct link to the farmer, the collector that says, hey, I've got this many at this point in time that are available at this size or this age, or this cost, or whatever. It's just the farmer's like, here's the stuff I raise, gives that to the collector, amalgamator, the exporter, really. And they hope that they're available when they're ordered. So that's the first thing. But then the second thing is that, you know, this this industry's run a lot by invoice. So if I am importing a bunch of fish, then I might uh, order get the order, and then be sent an invoice for the order. Sometimes, a lot of times you have to pay up front, but sometimes this happens. And then if I don't pay that invoice, then next time I order, the company is just not going to send them to me, right? So some of that was happening too, where the, the folks I was buying from, 
were behind on their invoices. So, I, so if that happens, then, um, <laughs> then when I place my order and they order from their supplier what I want, the supplier just can be like, no, we're not going to send them to you because you still owe us money. Um, so the company's run into some financial difficulty recently, and they experienced some difficulty a few months ago when I had this problem too. And so they, they finally shut down. It's really sad for me to hear that. But, you know, it's, it's difficult. This is one of those industries that has not kept up in a lot of ways with the changing uh, trends, with changing technology, with things like that. So if your business model, when you started over 30 years ago, was we will fax or mail a list of fish and prices and quantities to pet stores, and then they will call us or mail in their or fax in what they want, and we'll send it to them. And if you never change from that, then you're going to get outcompeted, and that's that's kind of what's been what's been going on. So I was really sad about that. They um, they don't necessarily have fish I can't get other places, but there's a lot of people that worked there, and a lot of them were friends and people I I knew some of them quite well, and so uh, yeah, it's just a sad story, but. Got to keep up with the times. That's that's the lesson. And in this day and age when there's the Internet and people have it used to be that these suppliers controlled everything because there wasn't easy access. Like I it was really hard for me to contact an exporter or a fish farm or, or whatever, a collector or whatever in another country, say in Asia or Africa or South America, um, make that contact, set up that account be in constant the the commute be in constant enough communication to make that successful. That took so much time and effort and stuff that these companies controlled that. And what hasn't happened is as as communication is is improved and anyone can get online and find anything these days. Now these companies don't control that anymore. So if their service isn't good and if their prices aren't good and if they aren't able to find ways to compete in that reality, then things just fall apart. And a lot of these companies are experiencing that. And it's it's a reality of doing business in a competitive field when as things change and not keeping up, but it's also just sad. So my hope is that everyone that worked there ends up landing on their feet. I know uh, some of them uh, are starting their own businesses. Some of them have gone to work for competitors that did the same thing, but have kept up a little better with the changing times and things like that. So, um, and there's also things you can't control like health issues and things. And those are a factor in this situation as well. So it's all really sad. Um, so guys, if you're watching this, I'm thinking of you, I'm rooting for you. I hope you land on your feet. I'm really sorry it happened. Um, it's a competitive field and it's a rough one, especially if, you know, if the business model hasn't kept up. Anyway, on my end, it's fine. Um, I've, I kind of saw this coming. Um, and so a few weeks ago, I, I started getting active with other suppliers and everything's fine. I actually expect Monday 
to get a large shipment in because I'm running low on stuff. <laughs> it's literally been three weeks in a row they've shorted me. So, yeah. Anyway, that's what's going on at dancefish.com. And that's kind of the, the news. Now we're going to get to you guys, whatever you want to talk about. If you have a question or comment for me, leave it. If I don't see it, it's because it doesn't highlight. So what I'd like you to do is make it highlight. So type the at symbol and then immediately start typing Dan's fish. You'll see the option populate for Dan's fish. Click it and then type your question or comment. That way it glows bright orange for me and I can get right to your question or comment. If if you're unsuccessful at getting me to respond to your question or comment, it's because I'm not seeing it. In which case, if you've done that, if you've posted it a couple times and I keep skipping it, uh, let a mod know and the mods will flash it in front of my face so I can get to it. It's not on purpose. It just means that either it's not highlighting so I'm not seeing it or sometimes chat jumps on me so bad that I get lost and skip people. Anyway, I hope you're all doing well. Let's segue into you guys. Real says hi. I dance fishing everyone. Well, hey, Real. Good to see you. Hope you're doing well. Tampa Tom, looking good on the picture. Good and the vid and the uh, sorry the sound. Awesome. I'm glad that's working. I hope it sounds better. Like I put up the on the thumbnail as like you know made it about on the description about you know, sexy jazz radio voice. Hopefully it's sounding better. When I, when I was doing my tests, I was not streaming through OBS, but I was recording little videos through OBS and then tweaking the sound. And then I record a new one, see if that worked. Just really short things to test the sound. And it sounded like super deep and bassy. So <laughs> made me think of uh, all those smooth jazz radio stations like Bentley Pasco. If you guys didn't know, Bentley Pasco has a sexy, smooth jazz radio voice, a melt the ladies radio voice. And um, he's whipped it out on a couple videos. <laughs> Bob Kaler. Hey, good to see you. Um, Oh, by the way, Bob, I'm a little behind on your videos. Everyone, I've been traveling for about five days, so I'm, I'm a little behind on what's going on with everybody. I know Bob had a tornado touchdown at his house and uh, it was kind of a <laughs> an issue, um, but I haven't kept up on, I haven't been able to keep up because where I've been, there hasn't been very good internet connections. So Bob, I hope you're doing well. I hope that all uh, settled out. I'll be catching up here uh, in... Yeah, I'll be catching up soon. Madfish Diva. Hey, good to see you, Madfish Diva. Glad you're here. Killers Aquatics, I need a mic for live streams, Dan. If you sell one, I'm looking. I, I don't sell them. Um, like, I would literally just send you this one, Bob, but I'm going to keep it as a backup because if anything ever did happen to the new one or it went out or didn't work or something, like you know, in the live streams in five minutes, then I would need it as a backup. Um, but I did find, I like this one so far. Hopefully, I mean, let me know guys, if it sounds good. Is it cardioid? It can be, um, right now it's set to that. It can be a uh, figure eight. So it's like one speaker on both side. So it's, it would pick up here and here. It can be Omni, which picks up anywhere right now. Yeah. It's set to cardioid. Um, that focus 
No, it's just going to focus on my ear. But yeah, right now it's set to that. The one thing that I don't like about it, and there might be a way around this, but I haven't figured it out yet, is I have to plug my speakers into it because if I don't, I don't get any sound out of my speakers when I'm watching YouTube videos on my own computer. As soon as this sucker's plugged in, it cuts sound to the speakers. So if they're not plugged into here, if the speakers are plugged into your computer instead. So um, <laughs> I didn't know that. And there might be a setting I can set it at to get around that. But mainly this morning, I was focused on getting it working at all just so that we could have this live stream and hopefully the mic would work well. Um, but yeah, I found it, basically I did a bunch of YouTube and read a bunch of reviews on the best mics for live streams. This came up as one of the top five in lots of different reviews and lots of different videos about mics for live streams. So I got it, had a good ranking on Amazon for the price. So, yep. Um, Tina Genovese, any double black angels? Nope, I don't have any at the moment. All I have right now are, um, all I have, what I have right now are I have these koi angels that swim behind me in every live stream. Those are listed at getgills.com um, or dancefish.com. I have some, I really like these, by the way. Let me show you these. These are green giants. And let me just show you guys this fish. They're also called Belgian greens. They're really cool. I've got several of these available. Um, they get this just iridescent like blue green on them. And it really is starting to come in. Right now, they kind of look like this. They've got, it's mostly here and here and here. Um, but I've got some of them. And then I have babies that are a cross between a gold veil tail and a koi. So that's what I have right now. The babies aren't listed for sale. They're too small, but I have those other two types. However, let's see if anyone does. I believe on Get Gills that Aqua Research Center has double blacks. Let's see. Let's see here. Um, yeah, here they are. So here's some double dose. These are black, as black as angelfish get. Um, so there are four of them for 35 bucks, and that includes shipping. The shipping's free on that. So there are some at Get Gills. I don't have any, but Joe um, at Aquatic Research Center does. So check him out. Mob Guppy, I forgot it was Wednesday. Feels like Friday. Well, that's generally a good thing. Just uh, don't get too much in the weekend because you don't want to work with a hangover tomorrow. That'd be no fun. <laughs> All right. Let's see your scroll. Hey, 54 Punchy made it. Good to see you. So glad you made it, Pam. And I'm looking forward to going camping with you and some other fish geeks in September. That looks great. Um, I drove over the, is it the Sawtooth Mountains or the Beartooth Mountains or whatever over there? I drove that way on this last trip that I was on. They were beautiful. It was really neat country. For those that haven't been out, it's worth a shot. They're pretty awesome. Pretty awesome scenery. Jeff Chambers, is it cost efficient to buy through the cichlid exchange or would you mark up, make the prices too high? Um, it depends on what your markup is, Jeff. Um, 
The Cichlid Exchange does supply a lot of stores, a lot of retail stores. And wow, this is this is a long delay. As I'm reading this comment, I'm just now seeing the um, green giant angelfish on the screen. I feel like it's been, has it only been like 30 seconds? I might need to mess with my delay. That's a longer delay than I want. I only want like a 10 second delay or something. Anyway, um, Jeff, it, it depends if if you buy from them. Uh, it depends on what your markup is. It depends on what you need. The nice thing about the Cichlid Exchange is they have a reputation for very healthy wholesale fish, much healthier than you usually get. So um, I know I know a, a store specifically that has made it so they only buy from them now. They used to buy from lots of people. Now they only buy from them. It's a retail store. And I asked him why, and he's like, because I have so few losses from them compared to other uh, wholesalers. So they have a great reputation, uh, not just from him, but from several other retailers. So that's a plus for them. What I don't like, though, is I don't like buying from a competitor. So the Cichlid Exchange is the wholesale side of Wet Spot, the Wet Spot. And um, I don't have anything against the Wet Spot selling fish or anything, but I don't want to buy from a competitor. And if I bought from the Cichlid Exchange, then I feel like I would be buying from a competitor because they also sell sell uh, retail online, which is my bread and butter. So that's, uh, that's my issue is I, I have an issue with that. I, if I bought from them wholesale, then I would have to pretty much sell at what they sell retail. So they would be setting my margins pretty much by default. And in my business, I need to be able to look at my own needs and set my own margins in a competitive manner. And I, I can't do that if I buy from them. So I think they're awesome if, it, if the markup works for you. And if you don't mind your margins being set by the difference between the cichlid exchange and the wet spot. Um, but yeah, that's my thoughts on them. Um, that being said, I, I have nothing against them. I think they're an awesome institution. They've been around a long time and they seem to do things better than most. So yeah. And I really hope one day they get on get gills. I think that like, I, I know they sell on, uh, some other platforms. And so it'd be, I would love to get them on get gills. I think it would be a much better platform for them to sell on than some of the others they're on. Cause it's a lot easier to use mob guppy. There are 66 people watching this live stream. Only 32 likes hit that like now all caps. Let's support Dan's fish mob guppy. Thank you. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Tampa Tom. It does sound better. Good. Good. The other one, uh, it worked, but it did sound like like uh, <laughs> like internet audio from the '90s, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> I'm glad to hear it sounds better. Good, worth the investment. Then, Lumpy Dog, you may want to remind people to order to rate their order experience on getgills.com. Very important to build up store ratings with valid ratings. Just my two cents. That is true. Uh, leaving ratings would be super helpful. And I think we'll get more when we make a change right now. 
Let me show you how to do that for those that want to know. So if you go to Get Gills, this is the landing page. If you click here, go to My Orders, you can see your orders. And then if you click on the details of your order, which I don't want to do right here, um, but if you do that, then you can leave feedback for the person you bought from. And that's super helpful. So just, again, you just go to, you just go to your account, click on my orders, not to be confused with store orders. If you're running a store, that's different. That shows you um, people that are buying from you and where to send them and stuff and how to communicate with those customers. This is my orders, meaning I bought these things. Um, Click there and then click on the details button and you'll be able to leave some feedback. Now, it has to be left within 30 days. And that is, Jeff, you're absolutely right. Super useful. And that is how the site monitors itself. If anyone's doing a poor job or ripping people off or just being a, a, a bad citizen on the website, Leaving reviews that reflect that will keep other customers, other potential customers, will inform them so that they can decide, you know, in an informed manner if they want to purchase from that seller or not. And vice versa, leaving good feedback, if you had a good experience, lets people know, hey, this is where to go. It's basically the Amazon.com model that they pioneered and is now just par for the chorus. When they did it, though, it was shocking. And in publishers and things, they were selling books at the time. We're like, no, make them all good reviews. You'll sell more. But uh, that honest feedback really does help the marketplace kind of monitor itself. It creates an incentive for good behavior, basically. Let's the cream rise to the top, if you will. Um, now, Jonathan and I are aware that right now getting – like it's not real obvious right now how to leave feedback for a seller. And so one of the things we are going to be improving is making it more intuitive or easier to find or easier to get to um, more prominent so that it happens more because yeah, I sell lots of fish and I don't beg for reviews, uh, but I don't have a ton of reviews cause I, I haven't asked for them a while ago. I was asking for them. Like if someone bought from me, then I would basically say, hey, if you don't mind, please leave a review and got lots of reviews. I stopped doing that and then I stopped getting them. But I think that's more because it's kind of hidden right now. I think as soon as we make that prominent, then um, then we'll get more. And the, the site does need them. You're right, Lumpy Dog. We do need to make that improvement soon. But in the meantime, if you bought from any store on Get Gills within the last 30 days, if you wouldn't mind jumping on there and leaving a quick review, some quick feedback, uh, that would help people quite a bit. Thanks, Jeff. I appreciate that. 44, MagGuy1. Do you still have the beta in Bellis? Can't check right now on mobile. I think I do. As of a few minutes ago, let's check. I did. Um, oh, Botanical Aquaponics has posted more bettas. Uh, here they are. Looks like there are 10 left. Um, and I just want to remind people that I can't sex them. I have two males that I'm certain of. I'm keeping those back for a breeding project. I'm hoping to breed them. Um, the rest 
all look like either immature males or females to me. And I've had them for a while now, so I'm starting to suspect that they might all be females. Um, although there are a few, since I removed those two obvious males, there are a few that have started to color up more. And when I look at them, I think are getting a little bit more elongated finage. Maybe removing the dominant ones is allowing some of the more subdominant males to, to kind of color out and grow out into obvious males. Um, I'm not exactly sure. I haven't kept Betta and Bellis a lot, so I don't have a ton of experience with them. And I haven't ever kept them um, before they were sexed out before. So I'm just not sure how they sex out and when they sex out and things like that. So don't buy them if you're not okay with the risk that they might all be ma uh, females. Um, but they're not all obvious females either. So there may be males there. Um, and by the way, I had, I, I got an email from someone that was trying to order them. And apparently I, I had my box quantity set up wrong. <laughs> so I fixed that. So they are actually going to ship correctly now for those that might have had that problem. Cheshire Cat, I've heard that you can't really overfeed fry, but I have some that are taking more food than others and rather big belly. Do you think this could be a concern? I don't think you can overfeed fry personally. Um, what you can do is feed so much that the water gets fouled with uh, pollutants, either a lot of feces or um, uneaten food. But if there's a way to keep food in front of fry constantly that won't foul the water, I think that's the secret to raising happy, healthy fish rapidly. I think that's a good thing. Now, I'm going to put the caveat on there that there may be some foods out there that I don't use that are just not a good nutrition profile um, and eating a ton of it could be a problem for the fish, just like if all you ate was Snickers bars or something like that, right? But from the foods I've fed, I have never found that they'll eat so much that they, that it's unhealthy for them. Now, I haven't bred and raised every fish there is on the planet, so there might be species that are prone to that, but I have not run into them yet. And I've bred lots of fish from lots of families for lots of years. So my instinct is to say that it could be, there could be edge cases where that happens, but in general, I think it's a good thing to keep food in front of fry at pretty much all times when they're actively feeding, not at night if they're a diurnal fish, um, if they're nocturnal maybe. Um, but for example, uh, before I went on my trip, uh, I've been, I was gone for about five days. I put the angelfish fry into a culture of live food. So they literally had unlimited food the entire time I was gone. I got back. They weren't dying. They were actually tripled in size. And they all look healthy. And I've done that many times. Also, one trick to raising fish is with rapashi. I'll often put a big chunk of rapashi in there between brine shrimp feedings. So my goal is that during the entire time of day when they are actively feeding, that there is food in front of them all the time. So to me, it, it works well and it's a desirable thing to have food in front of fry at all times. 
again, there's probably some edge cases I haven't run into, but that's what's worked for me the best, provided I'm changing sufficient water and not feeding food items that foul the water quickly and easily if they're not eaten right away. Like, like the worst is, I mean, back in the day, I was trying to raise tiny little fry and I didn't have a lot of live foods or stuff. And all the old books and magazines said, make what they called egg yolk infusoria, which is basically you hard boil an egg and then you take the egg yolk and you uh, kind of squish it up into the water. So it's all these tiny little floating particles and you feed the fish that. That never worked for me. I always fouled the water something horrible that way. Um, I never got the balance of food versus water changes right. And I'm not even sure if they ate it very well. Um, so I have had problems with that food, but I, get, I don't think it's because they ate too much. I think it's because I just created an ammonia-rich environment <laughs> very quickly with that rich, rich food. Um, I was in school and stuff, so I couldn't you know, be there frequently. I could only change water before I left for school. And when I got back, I couldn't do anything about the time in between. And so that never worked well for me. But live food works really well. Rapashi works really well. And I keep it in front of them all the time. It works great. Um, if anyone in here has a different experience, if, if you're like, hey, this food, be careful. Or actually with this species, I had an experience. Uh, let us know because it always helps to have more experience and it would be good for Cheshire cat to know that in case she's raising something or doing something different than I do and could potentially run into a problem. Let's warn her away from that. If that's possible. Um, tech turtle in from work. Hello everyone. Well, hello. Welcome. How is everyone? And saying hi to folks. Well, hi, right back at you. Tepatum. Any fish breed this week? I've been gone all week. I just got back, uh, yesterday night. And so I didn't set anyone up to breed while I was gone. So I haven't had any fish breeding this week. Um, well, I mean, the limias drop some fry, <laughs> but they are always dropping fry, the humpback limias. So I, I guess yes, but really no, nothing, nothing that was set up or noteworthy. How about you guys? What, if anyone's got some fish breeding, let us know. What are you raising? What you got going on? Small fry aquatics. How about trying out that new bike by singing some Sinatra <laughs> um i'm gonna claim copyright problems with that i would love to sing fly me to the moon to you real i would love to but copyright won't let it happen what can i say <laughs> that's funny um kaylee's aquatics dance fish that post isn't showing on my page. Hmm. What post is it? Shows under bettas and air breathers, but not on your store. Oh, weird. Okay. So if I go to there, then I can find the embellus. Okay. If I go to my store and my products, Let's see if how I have this set. I have 10 of them. Wow, a lot of people have looked at them. Do I have it set funky? No, they're in the groups they need to be in. There are 10 available. Shipping's correct. 
Okay, so if you go to my store, are they not showing up here? I see him here, Bob. I don't know. Is anyone else? Is anyone else not being able to find them when they go to my store? Uh, that would be useful to know. Um, I wonder if there's some thing that's throwing that off, some edge thing that I'm just not aware of. Huh. Huh. I assume, Bob, that that's the one you're talking about. 44 Mad Guy One Thinks. Hey, you're welcome. You are welcome. Right, real stinks. I got discus eggs today. Real, that's amazing. Congrats. Congrats. That is a holy grail fish for a lot of people. Um, step one, you got eggs. That's awesome. Um, I do know that like angelfish, discus are prone to, to eating their eggs, you know, the first few spawns and all that. So, you know, now that you've been through the angelfish rigmarole with all that, you kind of know what I'm talking about. Um, you might have to go through the same thing with the discus. It might take them a few tries before uh, you end up with a successful spawn. But congrats. That's awesome. I am so glad to hear that. Chewy LTD, you can sing anything you want. It is not considered copyright violation. As YouTube is not under the same act. Well, geez, Chewy, I was trying to get out of it. Okay, here we go. No, I didn't get <laughs> Real Stinks, you found them? Okay. Aquatics. I want your highway catfish. They remind me of my uh, Pseudomyces siamensis. I'm sorry, I said that wrong. Pseudomyces siamensis. I'm not sure I know Pseudomyces siamensis. I'm going to take a look at that. Let's see what that looks like. Okay, so let's take a look at this fish. Oh, that's cool. Oh, the Asian bumblebee. Okay, yeah, I do know that fish. I just know it under uh, the common name of Asian bumblebee catfish. Would folks be interested in that fish? That is one that um, I can get. And why haven't I? Do they get big? Do they top out at like four inches? I can't remember. About six inches? Yeah. Um, that might be one that I do get eventually. I, I've kind of been holding out for the South American uh, bumblebee, though, because it stays smaller. Six inches is a little big for me to ship a six-inch long fish. So, I mean, I guess if I got them in and they were smaller... But yeah, they do look kind of like that, a uh, little different pattern. But if you want a mug, aquatics, they're there. Feel free to get them. Uh, probably the last two in the nation, as far as I know, available for sale are, are there. And they're, they're waiting for you. <laughs> I think they're awesome. I really like that fish a lot. I, I just, I've never seen anything quite like it. Real stinks. Yeah, I know, but it's a first for me. Yep. Oh, yeah, it's super exciting, Real, that you bred the discus. I think that's awesome. Jay Adams, have you ever kept uh, Bershmanai? Is that Zephophorus? If so, did you get them to breed? If so, how? Um, I don't know if that's like Zephophorus or Xenotilopia or what the X stands for. Let's take a look at this one. I'm assuming that this is a, a Zephophorus. Yeah, it is. Okay. 
Nope, I've never kept this one. Uh, nope, I don't even know if I've actually seen that fish, unless Greg Sage has it. Um, I don't remember ever seeing that fish, but man, it's a beauty. Nope, I'm sorry, I wish I could help you out, but that is one that I have not done. Chewy LTD, are you going to the ACA, which is in July 18th, or are you going to any other conventions? Not yet. Um, I would like to do that. But, uh, you know, I'm every penny I have, literally every cent is going back into the business. So it's going into more stock. It's going into, um, well, finally got a new microphone. Um, it's going into the expansion, like building that warehouse is, is not cheap. Like, uh, it's, uh, I think we're at $400,000 at this point to build and equip it and get it up and running and have a little runway to uh so that we don't make that mistake a lot of businesses make and that's expand and then run out of money <laughs> so want a little runway there but the numbers look really good on it it's as far as once it's set up the profit it'll generate and it looks like a viable option i met with um a a guy that i know who is created and sold businesses. I think his business went public. Um, I met with him on my trip. I showed him all the numbers. He consulted with me, gave me a few pointers that I'm going to uh, implement. And then I'll create my deck and get the fundraising for it. But literally, like every penny right now that, uh, that is spare is going into expanding the business so that we can offer more fish to more people. And uh, you know, make a real living. This, the basement, you know, the facility I have now is sufficient to test the concept, but not sufficient for long-term, uh, <laughs> to live, to live off of long-term. It's just sufficient to be like, okay, we're testing this. Let's see if there's the market. Let's see if we can land fish successfully. Let's see if we can get fish to people successfully. And, make it so that people still have them weeks or months later. And because that's the whole reason for us to be, it's really trying to be a place in the hobby where people can get fish that get to them alive, but not just alive, but get to them thriving. That's the goal. The goal is to three months later, hear back from that customer and they send a picture or video or whatever and say, Hey, they're doing awesome. That's the goal as opposed to, the goal of let's get them to the customer before they die on us. Like that's not the goal. So the, the that's the whole reason to do this. And um, this has proven that concept. We've done that in the majority of cases. I'm sure there's someone listening who's had a loss or a DOA or, a, or an issue, but in the vast majority of cases, um, We've proven that we have a process to make that happen. And so now that now it's about expanding that process into something that, I mean, the ba this is profitable right now, but we don't have the scale to make it something that's livable long-term. So that's the next step. And so that's where all the money's going, Chewy, uh, not to conventions. Now, I support conventions and things. Clubs will ask me if I can donate, and I do. Um, 
conventions ask me, and I do, and I'm happy to support. But I'm not to the point now where I can just take trips. Uh, that I mean, I would love that. Like I love going to these things and geeking out. But right now, everything's got to be rolled back into the business, and in for in order for it to flourish and, and grow. Man, we went from eighty to sixty-six. <laughs> Did I forget I was on camera and like pick my nose or something? No, if I did that, we would have had like 120. <laughs> Jeff Chambers, my first kid was born a week and a half ago. He already likes staring at the Endlers. His nightlight will be the aquarium lights. All right, you're raising them right, Jeff. Congrats. That's amazing. Congrats. There's nothing quite like it. I'm thrilled to hear that. I'm thrilled to hear that. Yeah, I've got two kids and what they did for me was like unjaded me about so many things. Like I remember when my daughter was a toddler, um, we were at a tiny college dorm <laughs> and uh, she was out on the sidewalk and there was this grasshopper jumping around. And I remember that blew her mind. She was so excited about this thing. It would jump and she would walk over and look down at it. And it would jump again. She would like walk over and look down at it. And it was just thrilling her. And I just at that moment was like, you know what? Grasshoppers are pretty darn cool. Like just the stuff that we've become so used to and accustomed to and jaded towards. Um, what kids did for me was, you know, they're discovering everything for the first time. And so you are again discovering lots of things for the first time. And it's pretty, it's, that's a pretty special experience. Small Fry Aquatics, could you talk about your live stream setup and how you share your life screen and then switch to internet view? Yeah. Bob, thanks for 50 bucks. Kayla's Aquatics throwing down a $50 super chat. No more professor. Fish warehouse. Get the get gills glitch fixed. <laughs> <laughs> that last one's hilarious, Bob. Thanks, Bob. As always, you're so appreciated and cherished in this community, not just on this channel, but many others. We appreciate you. We appreciate you a lot. So, yeah, let me show you. Um, let's see how I can do this. Okay, I'm going to try something here. And we might get an infinite loop going. But let me see if I can show you this. It's not that infinite. It's a little bit of an infinite loop. But here you go. So this is what I use. This is OBS or OBS, Open Broadcasting Studio. It's free. It's, it's uh, shareware. It's open source, I guess. And basically what I do is I've got these different things set up. So this is the main live stream. That's this right here. That's what you're seeing right here. So if I want you to see that, I click this and it'll transition. So now you're seeing this while I'm seeing this and this. So if I transition again, I can make the screen share come up, which is how I can show you the stuff on the internet and uh, all that in the live stream. So if I click this, that window goes to the live to what you guys are seeing on the right here. And this is the, th the thing on deck. So there's lots of different things here. Um, I don't know. That's a different one. No chat on that one. That's what I use for like business calls and things like that. Um, there's 
that's kind of the same. No, except for no floating head down there. That, that. So I've got these different. This is the one my son uses to stream his games. So there are all different settings you can do. So you can set up as many of these views as you want. And you can mess with, actually, that'll be, I'm not going to go into the details about how to do that exactly, because that'll be boring. But if you use this, then you can control things just like basically you were NBC. Um, you know, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, it would have costed you a few million bucks to set something up like this. But now we have like this free OBS, OBS, Open Broadcasting Studio, I think. Um, you can do it all at home on your computer. It's pretty amazing. So that's what I use and that's how I share. I, you can just toggle back and forth between what you're seeing and then you can pick the view on deck. And uh, once it's all set up and ready, you can transition that over. So then your audience sees that. So hope that's useful. Um, there are tons and tons of, uh, of tutorials and things on how to set up OBS. Nick Nimmin has a great one. Uh, I think that's one of the main ones I used. So Nick Nimmin is his name, I believe, if I'm saying that right. And he's got all kinds of great stuff for people that want to do YouTube about lights and sound and setting up your software. And um, you can do a lot more too. You can have graphics fly in and out. You can get a separate keyboard to control like sound effects and macros and all kinds of stuff that one day maybe I'll get into. This stuff doesn't come very intuitive to me though. So it's a steep learning curve. Anytime I do anything with technology and getting the next thing up and stuff, it's a big learning curve. I'm, I'm like fish are pretty intuitive. Uh, performing on stage is pretty intuitive for me, but the technology, not so much. All right. Um, so hope that's helpful. Madfish Diva, when you go public, I'll buy shares. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it'll ever be a, a big public company, but um, the, the numbers do show that it's investable for, you know, a, a few investors. I, I wouldn't want to water it down too much, though. I want people to actually get a return on their money. So, but it looks like it'll work out. I, I think that we have, you know, the nice thing about it is when I go to an investor, I can say, this is what I'm actually doing now. Like I have the data of what it actually costs me to run this business and what the profits actually are. And so I can sh show them, look, this isn't just a business plan. You know, this is the actual data just extrapolated. And um, yeah, so hopefully... Hopefully it's a little more likely to work than your average business plan, which even though the average business plan works on paper, <laughs> most of them don't work in practice. Ug Aquatics or anyone, Dan's Fish or anyone, do you, do any of you know how to sex South American bumblebee catfish? I do not. Unless, unless the male has a modified anal fin which is that what it is um, to fertilize the female? I can't remember if it does or not. Um, 
Yeah, I just can't remember. There's some of them do, though, and that's how that's how I sex them. Uh, Planet Catfish says that sexing them is unknown. Maybe someone here knows how to sex them, but if Planet Catfish says it's not something that they can do, it, it might not be possible. I don't know. Cheshire Cat, for some reason, my reply won't post. Hopefully this will, but thanks. Oh, you're welcome. And that one did. <laughs> Kayla's Aquatics did two vids at East Ridge LFS today. Told them I had a few local subs and your name. Awesome. I uh, I can't wait to see those videos, Bob. I'm behind. Like I said, I've been traveling, but I can't wait to catch up on that. Madfish Diva, the industry seems to be growing. That's a good thing. Well, parts of the industry are dying and other parts are growing. It It just depends on how they acclimatize themselves to the reality that the new technologies uh, have created for them. So uh, parts of the business are, are slipping away and other parts are expanding. But I think that all in all, I'd have to check like Pet Age magazine or something. There are industry magazines that you can actually look at the total aquarium fish sales year to year and see if it's growing or shrinking or what. Um, I do feel though, like just, in, and I, I did look at that a little while ago and I can't remember exactly what the figures were, but in general, I think it's trending up. And, uh, you know, for us here in a community like this, it is growing and information is much more accessible and people can find the info they need to be successful much more easily. So if they're smart about the sources that they're believing as they get online and, and wade through the excess information that's there to find the info that works for them, that's the trick. It's um, how do you tell which information you should listen to versus what you shouldn't, you know, ratings help, uh, all that stuff. There's, there's all kinds of ways to kind of help with that. But you know, the, the good thing about the internet and YouTube and everything is just you can connect with a lot of people and people that were previously isolated and didn't have access to information um, as readily can now get it pretty readily. So I, I do think it's growing in aggregate. Yes. Cheshire Cat. OK, I don't know why it wouldn't allow me to post what I actually wanted to say was emojis that are so tiny that oh, I'm looking Female symbol, female symbol. I'll have to look at those later when I can blow them up. But thank you, I think. <laughs> Small Fry Aquatics says, huge thanks. Well, you're welcome. You're very welcome, Craig. Um, James, for, this is true. James says, the aquascaping is growing the hobby. Yeah, so that's right. It's... Um, That like planted tanks is, is taken. So the, the industry kind of goes like this. Um, there was a dip and then we kind of discovered all these amazing Rift Lake cichlids right in the in the 90s kind of started coming out. So the that like kicked up the hobby quite a bit. And then the fur over that kind of started dying down. There's still people that, that that's what they love to do and stuff. But the the huge injection of adrenaline it gave the hobby or the industry kind of started to level out 
And then we got into the nano tanks, and that kind of burst up a bit. And then with that kind of came the planted tanks, and that burst things up a bit. And so, yeah, there are parts that grow while other parts kind of shrink. It, it's it's an aggregate what's it doing, I guess. But you're right. I think aquascaping is, is where it's at now as far as um, sector of the hobby that's growing a lot. So it used to be really hard to make a living just on like peaceful community fish. For a while there, African cichlids were king for sure in a lot of this country. Um, now you can do just peaceful aquarium fish and planted tanks and do very well. So yeah, I agree. All right, Cheshire Cat. Okay, thanks. That's good to know. I feel primarily uh, ceratabs broken down and occasionally softened algae wafers. That's what you feed. Okay. And the water doesn't get foul. They poop a lot. So that's reassuring. Yeah. I mean, that's what they should do. They should eat a ton and poop a ton. And as long as the water is clean enough to handle that, then you're golden. I think that that's, that that's awesome. All right. Well, um, it's 8.05 and I think I've reached the bottom of the chat. I did not, I do not know why there's so much lag between me live right now and what you guys are seeing. Um, I didn't knowingly change any of that, but when I added the new microphone, uh, maybe I changed a setting or something. So, um, you know, people might be right now posting stuff out and I'm just not seeing it yet. But, um, but yeah, um, I'll look for a few more questions and comments and stuff that are directed at me. And then depending on how it goes, I might be shutting this down fairly soon. Um, let's see. Oh, yeah. Lumpy Dog, the true challenge for most hobbies is how they fare during an economic downturn. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that, that affects a lot of things. The good thing about the pet industry is it's fairly recession proof. Um, not totally. But there are things that are fairly recession-proof. Um, one of them is like entertainment. Even if we're struggling, we still want to be able to watch our movies. And, and like sometimes even more so if things are tough, we want to escape a little bit. So that's one. And then pets is, is kind of the same. I'm not saying there's no fluctuation, but the pet industry is fairly impervious to fluctuations in economy. Um, just because people that like animals kind of need them in their lives. And if things are stressful and things kind of even more so at that point. So if you look at the data of, uh, the pet industry during recessions, it's, it doesn't dip nearly as much as, as we might think it would. Kaylor, how is Brenda, the kids, her books? Brenda's great. The kids are great. They're uh, off at grandma and grandpa's having a good old time. That's basically their summer camp right now. Uh, Brenda's visiting her parents with the kids right now. And her book's doing great. In fact, she has a podcast you can find on Stitcher or iTunes or whatever um, called uh, Brenda's Books. And she actually reads her book a chapter a week live on her podcast. So if anyone's interested in her book, you can find it. Uh, Brenda's Books. Uh, and she's got a website, which is Brenda's books and yeah, so she's doing good and her book's doing good. She has another one that I don't, re I don't think she's released it quite yet, but she has one that's about ready to be published. Um, 
So I imagine that'll happen in the next few weeks. So, and you can find her stuff on Amazon if you search her name, Brenda Hodnett, H-O-D-N-E-T-T. It's going pretty well. Uh, Lumpy Dog, 44 Mad Guy went out a question above. There it is. Thanks, Lumpy, for bringing that to my attention. 44 Mad Guy 1, would a 10, excuse me, would a 10 gallon be enough for a temporary home for six of the Beta Embellus? I think a 10 gallon would be enough for a permanent home for the Beta Embellus. Um, but yeah, definitely for a temporary home. For sure, if it had decorations and, and plants in it and line of sight blocks and stuff, I think you could keep them in a 10 gallon indefinitely. They, they don't get that big. They are not, I mean, they're not like Beta Splendens when it comes to aggression at all. They definitely have a pecking order and they'll spar a little bit. But uh, if you have plants and line of sight blockages and things, I think you could do six in a 10 gallon forever. I don't think that would be a problem. All right. Mac of Domenhall. I pulled off breaking down and moving all the tanks and fish. Cool. Thanks for the advice on bagging the fish. Had zero losses. Definitely takes three times longer than expected. Yeah, I've actually been thinking about you, wondering how that went. Um, the day I move out of this house, man, this this is going to be a serious, serious project. <laughs> it's Yeah, it always takes three times longer than you think it will. But I'm glad everything went well. And bagging the fish is, is a pain. I, I get it. It's an annoyance. Like you just want to lower the water in the tank and move them and stuff like that. But it, it works pretty well. So I'm glad it works for you. It would have been horrible if you did all that extra work and it still didn't have a good result. So I'm glad to hear that it did. <laughs> Cheshire Cat, it wouldn't let me post because I wrote O-N-I-P tabs. Oni. Instead of, oh, is it the dash and O-nip? Oh, because it has nip? N-I-P, is that the problem? <laughs> Who knew? You can't write Sarah O-nip. <laughs> can't have the word nip in your, in your chat. Who knew? What do the British do? I'm going to nip out to the pub for a bit, right? Like, how do the English get through live streams without being able to use the word nip. That's horrible. Who knew that YouTube was anti-British? <laughs> 44 my guy one. All right. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, you got it. TM. Hey, TM. I'm so glad you made it. Good to see you. For those that don't know, Tom has a cool store on getgills.com. Uh, TM Aquatics on getgills.com. Check it out. Any idea of rainbow fish? If rainbow fish will eat Cory eggs off the side of the tank. Well, it'll definitely try. And the bigger ones might be able to. Those Cory eggs are super sticky and really tough shelled. But some of those larger ones, I bet, could pull them off and eat them. Now, would tiny little like pseudomugils and things like that be able to? I don't know, but um, they would definitely try. I don't know if they'd be successful or not. That being said... I could be wrong about this, but I have a feeling if I had a group of quarries in a tank with some rainbows and the quarries spawned, I bet I could get to most of the eggs, you know, if it wasn't like three days later that I saw the spawn, 
I bet I could get most of the eggs before the rainbows could eat them all just because they are so tough. But I'm just guessing. I don't know, TM. Anyone had that happen? Anyone had rainbow fish spawn? I'm sorry, Corey spawn with rainbow fish in the tank. And was it a problem? Did the rainbow fish just eat the eggs as they came out? Or were you able to get to them? I feel like it takes a while to work a Corey egg off the glass and eat it. Jeff Chambers, his Pleco video from today was great too. Lots of cool fish. Yeah, I, yeah. let me share that. Um, I saw that. I haven't seen it yet because I've been playing catch up. But I saw that you did like a giant Pleco tour or something, TM. Is that right? Um, there it is. So the video's here. Massive Pleco Tour. I haven't got to it yet, but uh, I will. <laughs> I will. Andre Scott, message deleted. Oh, no. Andre, are you not playing nice? Got to play nice, Andre. Um, let's see here. Cool. All right. 54 Punchy. Oh, that Pleco video was fantastic. Love the Plecos. Cool. Killers Aquatics, I think they're Sarah O-Nips. Yeah, yeah, that's that's exactly what it was. But I've never thought of the word nip as bad. My, my mother is pretty British. Um, and I've been to England and stuff, and I'm going to nip on out for a bit. Just means I'm going to head out for a bit. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I guess I never thought of that as a, as a bad word. <laughs> Kaylor's Aquatic says, yes, they will eat them. Okay, that's good to know. That's good to know. All right. Cheshire Cat, I think it must be some setting on your channel because you've said bef I've said it before on Corvus Ocean Stream without problems, which is why I don't understand what happened. Yeah, I don't know either. Um, I do have, I think, like, uh, I don't have that word specifically blocked, but in general, I click like this, I don't know, safe settings or, you know, block, you know, foul language because I want, I want kids to be able to come on this channel and learn. Um, I would have died for this as a kid when I first started in the hobby. Uh, information was hard to find un until I found the aquatic bookshop. Then I had tons of books, but the ability to like get in a community and ask questions and like real time feedback and stuff. Um, you know, fish clubs did that, but that was only once every month or so. So uh, yeah, I want to make this friendly for all ages all beliefs, all, all styles of thoughts and all that, just so that it's really about fish and fish keeping. And we don't have to worry about foul language or, you know, any comments that are political or religious and, and all those divisive things. So I do have some settings set. I don't think I put that word on there, but maybe, maybe, maybe uh, according to YouTube, maybe that could be, uh, a bad word. I could see that. I could see how people could take that word and run with it and, and make it kind of nasty. Michael Wilson had a spawn of Aeneas cats. Speaking of words that could be nasty. Had a, if you don't say it right, had a spawn of Aeneas cat eggs eaten completely by 30 plum tail, bloom tail platies. Ah, they followed the cats around and ate the eggs before they hardened. Oh, if they get them before they harden. Absolutely. Yeah, that's right. I didn't think about that. Yep. All right. Good to know. Cool. All right, everybody. It's 
16, and I think we've pretty much reached the bottom of the chat. Um, we are a little bit behind because for some reason, I think there's a large lag on here that I didn't know was here. But um, in a few minutes here, I'll probably shut this down. I, I don't like trying to force a stream to go longer than there's questions and comments and stuff, just because that gets super boring watching the the person in the live stream sit there and wait for a question and comment. So I don't want to do that. So we'll probably go ahead and shut this down in just a few minutes here. Um, but Cheshire Cat, it worked for you. Oh, maybe it was the hyphen or YouTube just doesn't like me. I don't know. Cheshire Cat, YouTube's on to you. <laughs> I don't know. Um, <laughs> uh, Jeff, Koski, if you leave algae wafers in too long, can it foul the water? Yes. Um, any food left in too long will foul the water unless it's a live food that just lives in the water. I mean, if the live food dies, then it can. But yeah, they can. There are some algae wafers, though, that they take a long time to kind of break down. So if you put one in at lunch and then come back in the evening after work, um, that algae wafer will still pretty much be intact, the parts that weren't eaten, and you can easily like remove that because it didn't turn into like this, this powder, basically. There are foods that very quickly after they're fed, they fall apart. And so those are really hard to remove because they've turned into all these little particles that are spread all over the tank. Um, that's really difficult to clean up. In that case, you almost have to change 100% of the water. And uh, sometimes you have to move the fry to a new container and really clean that container out well because it's stuck to the sides and bottom and things. The nice thing about a lot of foods like the a lot of the algae wafers, not all of them, but a lot of them, uh, rapashi for sure, is that they can be in the aquarium for several hours without turning into tiny little particles that spread everywhere. And so that's why that's easier to monitor because when it's a big piece, you can take it out super quickly and easily. So yes, they can foul the water though. If they're left in too long and they start rotting or they're left in long enough that they kind of particulate, is that a word? Uh, you know, just fall apart and spread everywhere. Then that's hard to clean up. Yeah. So Jeff, I, I hope that helps. Otter Creek's here. Hey, Kendall. First time with vinegar eels and I have a thick film on top. Do you know what this is from? Will it still be okay? Yeah, that happens to every vinegar eel culture and it's going to be okay. Although, um, if you're worried about it, you can take a little, I don't know, skewer or chopstick or pipette or something and just stir that around. But yeah, that happens. Um, it's Partially probably just the surface of the vinegar and then partially the things that settle on top of it kind of creates a film. The vinegar eels, though, I, I, I don't think that that's going to be a big problem for you. Those things are super, super hardy. Um, Wilhelm243, about 50% of fish species are freshwater. Really? Is it that high? Or is it just that high in like the hobby? I feel like there's so much ocean out there 
in so many different niches in the ocean and the fish there have been there so much longer than they've been in freshwater. I feel like that there would be a lot more saltwater, but I don't know. I mean, Wilhelm, you could be totally right. Like I have no data on that. Just as it's just what I intuitively would have thought. Yeah. All right. We are going to, uh, Oh wait, I want to do one more thing. Chattanooga Ed, Chattanooga Ed, does Pam have a show tonight? Oh yes, thank you. I believe Pam does, and I believe it's going to be at nine o'clock. So um, in about forty minutes, fifty-four punchy Pam early wine is going to go live. Now, Pam stuff isn't as kid friendly, um, so. You know, keep that in mind if you're a parent or whatever, but she's an amazing storyteller. She has stories for days. She's super entertaining. Um, so if you're of age <laughs> and uh, swearing does not bother you, then uh, Pam's an amazing live stream to watch. Like she, she just never runs out of stories. It's pretty cool. All right. Lumpy Dog's a green Oh, wait. No, he's not agreeing. He's saying he just started his first culture today. I thought he was saying, yeah, it's cool. That happens to me all the time. But yeah. Freshwater species can separate easier because rivers separate populations. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, (laughs) she's saying, what? Not kid friendly. Well, (laughs) it depends on how someone raises kids. I just don't want to be like sending yeah I, I, I just don't want to be like sure go ahead take your kids with you and then have people be like oh. <laughs> she even has pop-up books says Kaylor yeah <laughs> it I guess it totally depends on how you raise your children. Pam's channel might be fine for some folks, um, but yeah, it's a nice refreshing thing though, in a way to just have someone that doesn't censor themselves and just goes for it. I don't know. There's a place for that. VB23, I'm 17. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's going to be a few years before you can watch Pam's channel. Yeah. Yeah. You have to be 21. No, (laughs) no, it's nothing like that. (laughs) (laughs) Wilhelm's making further in the argument water volume doesn't necessarily mean more fish species yeah I hear you it's niches in time that makes makes uh fish species it's a pg-13 channel yeah cool all right um we're gonna shut it down here actually before I do Pam are you going live at nine or are you going live right after um you have to be 50 says 54 punchy As soon as Pam lets us know if she's going live at 9 Mountain Time or going live uh, right after, then we'll shut this down at 9. Okay, cool. So Pam's going at 9, so be there for that. Looks like the lag isn't as bad as I thought if I got that answer that quickly. And uh, now everyone's telling us (laughs) how old they all are. Punchy is Adult Swim, yes. Okay, everybody, thanks for being here. Bob, thanks so much for the super chat. I appreciate it. And you and the other mods, I I so appreciate you all. Oh, the last thing. How did I forget this? I meant to talk about this earlier. Um, Anyone that sees Candy Overholes, uh, congratulate her. 
her son Caleb is finished with his chemo treatments. And so life just got a lot better for Caleb and for Candy and for Stacy, um, for their family. So I'm thrilled about that. I, I meant to, I don't see Candy here. She's probably out with Caleb celebrating. So uh, I was going to bring that up when I saw Candy and just congratulate her and stuff. But yeah, yeah, um, I think that's so good. After so many years of treatments to have finally be at the end of that, at least for now, that's that's amazing. So I just want to put that out there because um, I think it's cool. And Candy's such a valuable part of this community that uh, she deserves congrats for that because, yeah, that's awesome. Does she feed only tetratropical granules? <laughs> <laughs> is that 54 punchy yeah i don't know anyway we're gonna shut this out thanks again to the mods and the folks that left uh super chats on the table appreciate it i think it was just bob this time if unless i missed some uh everyone that answered questions thanks offered comments and commentary awesome wilhelm thanks for the uh knowledge about freshwater versus saltwater species that was cool and uh yeah until next wednesday 7 p.m have a good one bye bye